What's up, Bob? What's up, Mo? DJ Khaled is on the run. I repeat, he is on the run. Khaled is wanted by an evil assailant group affiliated with censoring the powerful voice of the people. But the movement will not be stopped. Khaled, we got your back. We the best. I was to- I was totally Team Blunt. As many people in Boulder are, out. Team Blunt. <laughs> Here's the thing with this game, to me, is there's not one matchup that BYU wins. Moby Arena is garbage. <laughs> it's just garbage. If you can't beat them, beat them. Send Buffs Podcast live from Blake Street Tavern, the number one, 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 Buffs Podcast on the net. Across the table from me, flaming hot fanalist who ropes BSNBuffs.com with his takes that could melt glass, Bryce Badwin. And to my right, the journalistic Titanic himself. In that, he gets to the very bottom of things. And he was once considered a hard 10. It's the editor of BSNBuffs.com, Ryan Konigsberg. We the best. Wow, wow. Thank you, Jake, for the wonderful, wonderful interview. And I just got to say, I'm feeling pretty good right now, man, because this isn't the Arcave. This isn't my very, very small, small apartment. Uh, this is the big house on Blake, as they call it. This is Blake Street Tavern. Uh, we finally made it. We finally got someone to want us to do our podcast from, from their location. Um, so we're coming to you from the Blake Street Tavern after just a fat plate of delicious wings that Mm-mm. DJ Khaled would say that he didn't want us. No, they don't want us to eat that. They do not want you to have a lunch. They don't want you to be happy. They don't want you to enjoy lunch. Well, I'm going to enjoy it. You know they don't want you to eat breakfast. So what we're going to do is we're going to eat breakfast. You know they don't want you to have lunch, right? I promise you they don't want you to have breakfast. They don't want you to have lunch. They don't want you to have... But we ate it anyway. <laughs> and now we're feeling good. We got a couple beers. Um, and this is just... I, I'm feeling great, man. So, Bryce, how you doing? Good, man. How could you not be feeling good after being here? Having those wings. Saw Goose over here earlier. Talked some hoops with him. Saw Tad a little bit. Um... DraftKings didn't step up to the plate, but Blake Street Tavern did, and I bet you DraftKings is pretty pissed right now. DraftKings is next, baby, because <laughs> we're trying to sell out. Like, now that we got a little taste of it, we want to go, like, the, 
like the Shane Company is going to be on here soon, DraftKings, all the ads that you hate, we want them. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and you brought up a good point here. I want to talk a little bit about the event here tonight because that's why we're here. That's why it was cool um, to come down here. And we kind of walk into to, you know, Linda Lappy up there talking and, and kind of giving a cool speech and telling some cool stories. And then, you know, you've got Tad down here. And they're out here talking to fans. There's cool prizes. Um, Bryce, anything cool that you, you thought was uh, was out here? Yeah, I think uh, the Tadisms. Tad had some great Tadisms out there. Um, he was talking about, I think my favorite one, just for the fans who weren't here, he was talking about Cal, and he's like, yeah, they got three McDonald's All-Americans. I think they got a, a Wendy's All-American and a, and a Hardee's All-American. But, but they do have three McDonald's ones <laughs> that they got. So that was a good one. That was a good Tadism. But, yeah, it was a good atmosphere. Good Fans asked good questions for Tad, and I think Tad had a good time. The one thing that I thought he said that was really, really interesting, um, Linda Lappy was talking about keeping in-state recruits in-state, and she was getting into recruiting a little bit and talking about how, you know, if she goes to Tennessee to try and recruit someone, uh, the people at the schools are telling, are telling her to get out because, you know, the, that girl's going to Tennessee or, yeah. or whatever. And Tad Boyle was talking about recruiting, and he said one of the first steps for them for, for recruiting is a sold-out Folsom field. Football. And that, I mean – I, we were kind of hanging out, talking a little bit, and as soon as he said that, I stopped and looked over like, he said, what? Because to me, that's a very, very interesting comment coming from the, the basketball coach to say that a, a sold-out Folsom Field is one of the top m important things for them in terms of recruiting athletes. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he said it as well that he brings in all those kids during, during the fall most of the time when they come in. The stadium's not full, and I mean, if you're a kid and you just see, you're like, oh, man, they aren't even excited about football. They got these huge new facilities over here and stuff, and they can't even sell this out. I mean, then is this a community that really cares about athletics? Do they care about the buffs here? Um, so, obviously, it's just a trickle-down effect, and personally, I will be, we're a football school. We've always been a football school, and I think we'll, we still are a football school. So, you can build – basketball is a better program right now. But when you have a sold-out Folsom Field and you bring in your football recruits in there and your basketball recruits in there and then your basketball team starts winning, you have both those teams consistently in the top 25. I mean, each of those types of recruits know about the other type uh, of the other program that's doing well. It's just, it's just a trickle-down effect, and it totally makes sense to me. And it kind of goes the other way, too. I, I remember Shea Fields doing his visit for one, of the ver for the one of the really big basketball games, and, you know, they had the C unit out there chanting, we, yeah. we want Shea Fields. It's that sort of stuff that, that – you don't think about it right away, but when you when you think when you look back on it, you realize it really is important yeah. for the other the other sport to kind of hold up their end of the bargain, mm -hmm. the fans to kind of show up to the stadium. So when they when they are doing their recruiting visits on the other on the other side, you've got you know a sold out stadium, and they're seeing that because. You know, Mike McIntyre doesn't like to do his visits during the season because yeah, he exactly. thinks he has more time. So then they need the basketball oh, program. Exactly. Well, Tad Boyle puts it the same way, showing that, you know, they need the football program too. So that was really interesting to me. Uh, and speaking of Tad Boyle, before we get into the show here, I want to jump into an exclusive interview that I got with Tad on Monday. Um, and I have to tell the story really quick because it was, it was kind of <laughs> cool for me. So I go on Monday, and there's no one else there. It's just, it's just me and Troy Andre uh, the SID for the basketball, uh, for the basketball team. And technically on, on Mondays, like last Monday, Tad said, Tad, you know, told him I'm busy. I don't have time today. So technically on day, Tad doesn't have to meet with the media. Um, so I wasn't sure if he's going to meet with me, but Troy said, Hey, do you need Tad? Uh, and I, I was like, yeah, I'd love to talk to him, uh, if, if he's available. And he's like, all right, well, I'll go ask. So anyway, I'm sitting there talking, um, and, and kind of doing some work and getting some stuff done. And all of a sudden, uh, 
Tad's secretary walks out and goes, Mr. Konigsberg, uh, Mr. Boyle will see you now. And I was like, what is this? All right, cool, thanks. So I got to go back into Tad's office um, and kind of, you know, just put, put the recorder down and sit there and have a little chat with him. So we'll let you guys have a listen to that. First thing I want to ask you is just general. Um, you, you've now had kind of, in my opinion, you know, four really big games. Uh, and the three ones that you won, you scored 88 or more points, you know. How explosive is this team offensively? We're, you know, we're, we're very balanced. And, uh, you know, it's, I think we've got some guys that can, uh, uh, can really hurt opposing teams. You know, I look at Josh Fortune. Josh really hasn't even had a breakout game offensively yet, and he's fully capable of doing that from behind the arc. So, um, but I think, you know, it gets to our balance, our, our inside and our, and our outside weapons that we have, multiple options inside multiple weapons on the perimeter. I think this is a very explosive team offensively. So I, and I think the rules, the new rules have really helped as well. In, a, in an ideal world, would you like to see a team play inside out like this every year? You know, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, it helps when you have that inside guy. You know, we've got a guy like, you know, Josh Scott, he, he garners so much attention from the opposition. You, know, they, you, you basically need two guys to guard him. And that frees things up for everybody else in the perimeter. And obviously, we're going to miss that next year. And hopefully, Wesley and Torrey can become those guys, or you know, somebody down low. It doesn't always have to be a uh, your center. But um, when you have somebody that's good enough, uh, like Josh is, to um, demand double teams, it really, really helps. And and we've handled it well. And he's he's been very unselfish, and we've moved the ball and uh, we've shared the ball. If we continue to do that, I think we'll be hard to guard. It looks to me like. In the last few weeks, something clicked on for Dom Collier. Does it feel like that to you? Yeah, he's definitely made strides. There's no doubt. I don't know if, if again, clicked or the light bulb gone on. I, I don't know about that. I just know he's progressively gotten better. Um, I thought he played a really, really good floor game the other night um, against BYU. And um, again, every we want him to be a threat offensively, but he's also you know that kind of that pass first get everybody involved type point guard as well. So there's always a fine balance there uh, with those kind of players. But I'm, I'm really pleased with Dom, and I think he's getting better defensively as well. The other guy I wanted to ask you about was Thomas. Mm -hmm. um, real quick, could you, could you take me a little bit through the recruitment of him? It's obviously not the same as a, a normal Yeah, player. it's a little different. I mean, he uh, Thomas has been over to the United States you know, before he came here to go to school. He was over here twice. Uh, the one time... He was here the first time was for Steph Curry's uh, point guard camp. Um, he was the only foreign player that was invited, and uh, he played well there, got along with the guys there very well. Uh, obviously, you know, we didn't work the camp. We couldn't, but there's a lot of people that did, a lot of information that came out of that camp that was very complimentary about Thomas. Um, we were rec recruiting you know, point guards, and we wanted to sign a point guard. Uh, in that class, and he really kind of rose above everybody else in terms of his, um, not only his abilities, but his maturity level, uh, his love for the game. Again, all the criteria that we have um, and the boxes that we need to have checked for us in our recruiting process, he, he checked them all. And uh, his second trip over was to make recruiting visits. And he came over, he visited St. John's, and he visited Colorado both in February, you know, um, we were fortunate enough to, uh, to, to land him. So it was a, 
it was an unusual recruiting because again, you know, you're not over there visiting his family. You're not. We didn't go over and spend a lot of time face to face with it, but a lot of time with email and, and some phone calls and developing that relationship. And when he came to Boulder, you know, the visit was key. Our players did a good job. He he visited during the I think they were during the Arizona weekend, if I'm not mistaken. So he saw the Coors Event Center, he saw the atmosphere, got a feel for Boulder, and, and uh, we connected. Uh, knowing you, it feels like he kind of has some of those intangibles in a player that, that you really value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, toughness, work ethic, love of the game, those are the intangibles we look for, and Thomas has got all of them, there's no doubt. Was there ever a worry or a question about him kind of fitting in with the guys? Never, not, not, not no. No, um, you know the question was, is he good enough? You know, like yeah, you, you, you hope he is. You see film, you, you take uh, when you recruit foreign players to some degree as a head coach, especially um, if you're lucky to see him play once or twice. You're lucky. Some in Thomas's case, I'd never seen him play live, which is very unusual for me, very unsettling for me. So that's why the people that you rely on in this business. You have to have people that you trust. You have to have people that you, whose opinions you, you can go on. And you know, look, recruiting is never an exact science, even when you see them with your own eyes. So when you don't see them with your own eyes, it's even, it's even more so. And, and uh, but, Thomas has been a pleasant, pleasant surprise. Um, we knew he was he was good, but I think the the intangibles that you mentioned are what make him special. And then finally. Uh, you got, you got to love the offense, but defensively, I feel like you, you might be giving up more points than you would like. Well, we're, again, I get back to the rules. It makes it really, really difficult guarding the ball. And uh, I'm on our perimeter guys um, all the time about uh, you know, playing without fouling and moving your feet. And it's uh, the rule, the new rules, the favor goes to the offense. And so it makes it tougher defensively. Um, but I do think we're making strides. I think we're getting better defensively, but we, uh, we're certainly not where we need to be. But, um, um, you know, I'd give our offense right now probably an 8 or a 9 in terms of a grade 1 for 10, and I'd give our defense probably a 6, 5 or 6. You know, we got room for improvement there. Does it excite you kind of thinking, well, if we can keep our offense at an 8 or 9 and get our defense up to an 8 or a 9, then, you know, we can be great? Absolutely. Absolutely, and our in our rebounding. If we if we continue to rebound the ball, we've 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 challenged our guys. We've gotten out rebounded one game. We've lost one game. Guess what? It's the same game. We got out rebounded by five against Iowa State. We lost Iowa State's game. I mean, so um, you know, I'm not saying that's always a direct correlation, but when we defend and we rebound, and, and our offense is going like it's going. There's not a team on our schedule we can't beat. But uh, uh, look, there's a lot of, you know, you look around college basketball, a lot of crazy scores on any given night. You better be ready to go. It's also really open. It also doesn't really seem open. like there's a, an elite team. No, no, there's not. There's not a dominant team. It's, but our, I tell you what, our league is good. Our league is, is uh, the Pac-12, I think, is uh, is as good a league as it's been from top to bottom right. in a long, long time. Because the, the bottom end, you know, you look at USC, who's always been a, you know, over the last four or five years, kind of that lower echelon team. Um, or 
Oregon State, the same way up until you know last year they made a move and they're they're good again this year. So those lower level teams, even Washington State's had some really good wins and uh, they're better. And so I think you judge a team not or a league not so much on the the, the top end, but on the bottom, bottom end. end. And the bottom end is much much better. So that was my interview with Tad Boyle. Uh, kind of a cool experience to, to be able to sit down with him. And I actually got exclusive audio the next day, too. Um, you're gonna got, you guys are going to read about that a little later today. Tad and I talked more about uh, the capabilities of this offense and kind of what makes it tick and that sort of thing. So uh, check that out. Bryce, uh, just your reactions to the Tad Boyle interview. Yeah, man, that was great. Um, I think the first two things that come to mind um, is obviously him talking about how pleased he is with his offense and just the balance that this team has. And that's obviously evident, I think, for anyone that watches the team. Um, but just talking about that balance that he has in him, always wanting to have kind of an inside-out presence and obviously having the luxury of that with Josh Scott. Um, and then kind of him going into that other side of the court is the, the defense. Um, I think he gave him a six. Six and or six and a five. I honestly was maybe even going to go lower than that because I know how good a defensive team can be under Tad Boyle and how much he cares about that side of the bass, that side of the the, the court. Um, so those were the two things that I that I really enjoyed. Uh, the Thomas Akizili, um recruiting thing that was cool to see. I never knew that Tad never had saw him play live. Right. Um, I mean, so that's, that's wild. yeah, that's wild. So and you could kind of tell in his voice he was kind of how uneasy he was about not seeing Thomas play live. Um, and kind of just hoping that he was going to be good enough. Really, he said that, that he was hoping that he would be good enough. So kind of getting those insights, and then um, those those were both two parts that I really enjoyed. Yeah, uh, you talked a little bit about the Thomas Akizili thing, and it was funny to me. Uh, I don't know if I know if it was quite as funny to me live, but when I listened back to it, I thought it was funny when I asked him, you know, was there ever a concern about him fitting, him fitting in with the team? Because for me, in an outside perspective, that was a concern. Yeah. Um, this team last year was so clicky, and it was it was so odd that I thought, wow, you're going to bring in a kid from you know Belgium, and who, who are going to be his friends? You know, I figured him and uh, Keenan Guzinich were going to be you know hanging out on their <laughs> own while everyone else. And to hear Tad, when I asked him that question, I mean, he didn't even really give it at the time of day. He just goes, no, no, no. <laughs> so it was interesting to me, and it's very true. I mean, I, I sit there and do some work after practice, and every single day, like I wrote the other day, you know, Rodney and, and Thomas are, are going one-on-one -on -one and giving each other crap. And then, you know, you, they play this game called 50, which is a really fun game uh, where, you know, you count up to threes, and it's a, it's kind of confusing to – but it's always, you know, Thomas and Trey or Thomas and George on a team versus, you know, Rodney and one of the managers or something. So it's cool to see how much he's fit in. And then the other thing you mentioned um, was him giving a grade. I think it's very rare for a coach to, to straight up give his team uh, a grade with an exact number uh, on each side of the ball. And so he says that, you know, uh, the offense is an eight or a nine right now, which is, which is amazing. And the defense is a five or a six. Um, and... and Another thing he mentioned there was the the rules, and I thought yeah. it was. It, it, and you mentioned that tonight as well, right? And, and I think it's interesting with those rules because you look against BYU, they hit their numbers, they hit their defensive numbers that they want. BYU shot uh, a little under thirty, or a little under forty percent, and they out rebounded them, and the, and they still give up eighty two points or eighty three points. So that to me, is why Tad Boyle isn't exactly freaking out about the defense right now. He knows that they could hit their numbers and still give up 80 points with these new rules and how much teams are getting to the free throw line and how much freedom kind of the penetrating guard is getting out there. So when I saw that, 
And that's why it was an interesting question to me to ask Tad. You know, it seems like you're giving up a few many, a few many, few more points than you would like to. Uh, and he said, yeah, but we're still hit, you know, we hit our numbers in that game, and these rules are really killing us. Yeah, that, and I mean, also on, on the flip side, I mean, when, when we're on offense, we have guys that are going to be getting those same calls and the rule changes that he was talking about. So, I mean, it's kind of give and take, but this is, again, it's the preseason, really. I mean, we're, re- we're going to get into conference play here, and defense, I, there's no doubt in my mind that with Tad Boyle that the defense will get better. There's just no way it won't because he cares that much about that side of the ball. And like you said, they hit their numbers. Um, and they're going to consistently hopefully do that more often. College basketball, you never know what's going to happen every given night. But right now, I think where this team is on the offensive side and the defensive side, because each game they've been improving defensively, mostly that um, that second half against Colorado State, I'm saying uh, since then, I mean, it's been defensively they haven't been terrible. So, I mean, that BYU game, I would say they were a good, what, six minutes away from playing a full 40 that you were just like, that was a complete basketball game. There wasn't really much there that you can knock them on. I mean, you take out that run, they win that game by maybe 30 points. Yeah, I mean, Emery, just long-sleeved shooter, went. Bro, what when is was the last time you saw that? What's up with that, dude? I mean, not. let's just leave out the fact that he punched a dude on the court. Like, <laughs> how are you going to come out with the long, baggy sleeves? Like, he, I know, dude. The baggy sleeves is, like, becoming a thing. Tell, tell, me, tell him what your girl said. She was like, <laughs> oh, like... What is that? He's wearing long sleeves. He doesn't even look like he'd be playing a D1 athlete. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's what he is. I don't know. But he's killing us right now. That, yeah, I mean, he, like I said, he gave, him their, he gave him his best punch in the second half. <laughs> uh, speaking of that game, uh, we got your instant reactions to the event tonight. We got your instant reactions to the Boyle interview. Instant Let's hear reactions. some instant reactions to the game. The game? The, the one coming up? The BYU game. Oh, the BYU game. <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, I mean, like I kind of gave it. I kind of said it earlier. I mean, I thought it was honestly such a complete game. Besides that little spree where we get oh, it was a what eighteen to three run, um, kind of filled with some turnovers there. You can clean the turnovers up a little bit. Um, but for me, I mean, Josh Fortune wasn't really that efficient that night. But then on the flip side, George King was unbelievably efficient. So. There's just that. Li- <laughs> just the, the the sentence George King was unbelievably efficient is a sentence I honestly thought would never be uttered. But it, I mean, he was. He was. He was. He was so efficient, and I think that's the great thing that you see about this team is just you 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 can afford to have some guys where they're having off nights because you feel like the odds. I mean, Treshawn is one of the other wing players to get to pick it up. Are we going to get to a game where shit, George? Josh and Treshawn aren't clicking really. And then, I mean, you have Josh and then no one, I mean, who's going to come up then? I think you still have players that can do it. But in terms of options, there's so many out there to where you can afford one of them having one of those inefficient nights, which George is going to do, which Josh is going to do. Um, so it's just, it is a luxury that we haven't had, well, especially last season. My, my biggest takeaway from the game was just how easy it was for yeah. them. Like, it was so easy for them to get good looks and so easy for them to score. It was quick. It was a, a fast offense. I texted you. I was like, this just looks so fun. Like, yeah. It exactly. just looks so unbelievably fun. And what it comes down to to me, and that's and this is what I talked to Tad about on Tuesday, which I'm going to write about later, is uh, the fact that they most lineups they put, the ball, put out there can score the ball one yeah. through five, can shoot the ball from the perimeter one through five, uh, and, and – you see a game like this last game where Josh hits a long jumper early in the game. Yeah. And, early. and Wes even hits a long jumper early in the game. 
as soon as that happens, it's like from a deep – I look at the coach in, of the other team and just say, what are you thinking yeah, right now? Because you, you, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do when a team has one through five shooting from the outside, not to mention two guys who can score with ease on the inside. It's like you're done. Exactly. It's like as soon as that starts happening, you're done. I mean, one thing that you always think, I mean, you watch, like, those different players when they shoot from deep, and, and subconsciously you think, like, oh, it's going to go in. Like, there's those players, every time they shoot, you think it's going to go in. Majority of the time with outside shots now on this team, when a player takes them, I honestly think they're going to go in. And that was the opposite, opposite of, last of last year. I was like, there's no way it's going in. And it's just so crazy. You see that when you have that comfort, you know how good your team can be. And, I mean, we'll see these next two games coming up this weekend are – cupcakes but going to vegas we'll see aren't you at that point now where you're just like oh let's just get confidence let's play get, going let's play some teams now yeah i'm like i'm yeah. like, like those you get back-to-back kind of big team big name kind of matchups between csu and byu the matchups that you can kind of get excited about and you kind of get you you get into that flow of big games and it's like now we got to watch them play Nichols and hampton yeah uh, it bugs me and other than that SMU game, which you can only cross your fingers if you're a Buffs fan that it happens. Yeah. Uh, it's like, dude, just get it all, get it over exactly. with. Like, let's play do some cons. Let's two, play some Pac-12 yeah, basketball. You, I mean, do you think playing these two teams is, from a player's perspective, I know obviously Tad's going to approach like every other game, but from a player's psyche, how do you think the kids are looking at these games going into them? Because you obviously know that they think they're going to roll. It's tough. It reminds me of like, so it's finals week right now. It reminds me of when you have all these tough finals and then you have, like, your creative technology final. Or <laughs> you – I don't even want to talk about that. But that was a terrible example. Uh, <laughs> for, probably not for everyone else. But only no, for, for you and me, that, that was the one we probably should have paid attention to. But it's like you got your Com 1000 final. And so you study for all your other finals, but you're like, I can just put that one off. I feel like with the load that these guys are taking on right now, they're like, dang, I can – kind of give a little extra time to finals because we were playing some scrubs at the end of the yeah. week. Like, I don't even have to study for them. And that's a little bit scary, but the good news is Nichols is, like, the worst team ever in the history yeah. of basketball. So yeah. uh, I think they actually can overlook it and spend a little extra time studying. Yeah. Um, I guess in terms of just thinking about it, um, looking at it from a perspective of playing those two teams and then, I mean, you go and play a Penn State, who's obviously a better team, but then – you go and play SMU. I always, in basketball, I always kind of wonder about playing such terrible teams and then going into a game where, okay, so at that point, it's going to be a little bit of a while since you've played. And SMU, I'm going to say they're probably the more most legit team since Iowa State that we've played. Um, so just kind of going through those cupcakes and then all of a sudden going and playing a big-time school like that, um, it does kind of breed a little bit of kind of concern for me in a way. But we have to get there first. SMU has to get there first. Um so, yeah, I mean, that's just what I think about those. Bryce, I'll ask you this, and I'll ask Ryan this too, but do you think playing games back-to-back days, your Friday and Saturday, then I think your Tuesday and Wednesday has any effect? This is the first time they're going to be playing back-to-back yeah. all year. Um, I think, honestly, with this team, the back-to-back, and especially against these types of opponents, I don't think it really will be that big of a deal. I mean, you saw it against Northern, Northern Colorado and Fort Lewis, George didn't play that much. I mean, you can afford to kind of rest guys a little bit for each one of those games, and it will be interesting to see how Tad spends the minutes on those games, uh, spends the minutes in those games with the rotation. But I, concerned with the back-to-back, honestly, against these two teams, there's no reason for me to be, to be worried. Yeah, I talked to Tad about just as much today, and uh, 
he basically said, you know, it, it's a little different in this situation than it is in the tournament situation because you know who you're playing right now. Yeah. So he knows uh, he's got Nichols today, or Nichols on Friday and Hampton on Saturday. And what he told me today is that uh, he can kind of prepare for Hampton without telling the, the the team he's preparing for Hampton. Yeah. So he throws something in, and he looks and says, okay, Nichols and Hampton both do this. Well, let's practice a bunch of this because it's going to work for both days. Yeah. Um, so that's why, you know, I, I obviously with these two teams, it shouldn't be a concern. But you're also, you know, you have to be careful what I said, you know, looking over the teams. So I think right now it's not a big deal, but preparing for Penn State and SMU yeah. in the same couple of days is kind of, you know, a, a big deal because S, uh, Penn State is one of those teams where, yeah, I mean, you should beat them uh, on any given night, but this is, it's a Power 5 yeah, conference. It's basketball. Division 1 talent with that team. And so I, I think that's really important. But let's look a little more uh, into this weekend's games here. And getting started with this Nichols team, I talked about how bad they are. Uh, <laughs> and I just want to tell you, like, how bad they really are. So look, just a couple stats here, uh, courtesy of Goose, who sent me these. But uh, in adjusted offensive efficiency, they're 321, 321 in the country. Uh, adjusted defensive efficiency, they're 311th in the country. Effective field goal percentage on offense, they're 342nd in the country. And effective field goal percentage on defense, they're 344th in the country. I mean, like, this is – their basketball team actually might be worse than their football team. <laughs> yeah, they, I think they are. It's not actually they are. They're worse. That's crazy. I mean – I think our football team can go out and beat their basketball team. What was the margin of victory in the football game? Was it 42-0? to zero? 48, 48-0? 49-0 we're going to go with. 43. Tyler is saying 35? No, no. What are you saying, Tyler? 48. Tyler 48. is saying 48-0. to zero. Over under 48-point win for this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, well, I think SMU was up 40. 48 nothing. I think SMU thanks was up 40. Thanks to Shap in the box. On. How cool is that that we just had, like, our producer come on and ask a little question? <laughs> We're real, dude. We're real. Well, we are at the Blake Street Tavern, and that means we are, if, if you didn't hear me just talking to him, we are in the presence of one Tyler Ziskin. So I'm going to try and bring him on here real quick. Just there we go. <laughs> Give him the headset. Tyler, how are you feeling? Hey, guys. Lunch break. Lunch What's break. Going on? Tyler's getting his lunch break at 9 p.m. Yeah, that's, yeah. What would you have? Bartender life. Ooh, buffalo burger. How was no it? No bun. Mushrooms, onions, pepper jack cheese, and vegetables. And I know we've delicious. I know we've addressed this on Adam's podcast, but we're gonna have to put a poll out there. Is it chill as a Buffs fan to be eating buffalo burger? I'm gonna say that most people will say no, but I'm honestly gonna tell you that I don't care because it's awesome and it's the one thing that I eat that's somewhat healthy that I actually enjoy. So I'm gonna continue eating it. All right. Well. Uh, real quick from you, how, how are you feeling about this team right now? How are you feeling about after that BYU game? Oh, man, you, talk you have to feel good. I, Tad kind of said the exact same thing that I was feeling leading up to the game. It was like quietly I was a little nervous because this team is pretty good. Um, I knew they were going to struggle to guard us, but outside of that run where we had to bench in for too long – period of time that was a completely dominating game like I was sitting there with my buddy who just moved back from the east coast and we're just looking at each other <laughs> and we're just like dude they could score 100 points and they don't even look like they are trying to at this point in the game like every shot every shot was quality look perimeter you know whether inside or whatever they did 
you know, transition offense, good looks. Like, it was just a mauling. I was just sitting there like, wow, dude, this team is really, really good. And I think we kind of went from being underrated to, like, this team is really, really good, and I'm, like, mad now that people aren't recognizing it. Before I understood it because we didn't really have, you know, a great year last year and no one had really seen us. We hadn't played enough teams. And I don't think BYU really changes that necessarily. But, yeah, I've gotten to the point now where I'm just angry that this team isn't getting more recognition. It's funny that you mentioned that because I texted Shap about this today, and I won't name names, but someone in the Denver media today said of the CU Buffs basketball team, uh, yeah, they look, they look good. You know, they'll be a 14 seed in the tournament and get <laughs> trounced in the first round. And I'm sitting here as a guy who predicted them to win 15 games before the season, and I was like, what? What is this guy talking about? Like, first of all, you don't ever get a 14 seed out of the Pac-12, so that kind of bothered But the, f- I mean, they're better than that. They are. Like, they're going to get a, a – a, I, I think I'm starting to, like, creep towards them being a single-digit team. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, if you make the tournament and you okay, so the only example of you getting a 14 seed would be like if you were terrible and you won the Pac-12 yeah, tournament. Exactly. Exactly. So let's say you're like Washington State from last year and you somehow win the Pac-12 tournament. You might end up being a 14 seed. This team is not that. If they get into the tournament, it will be most likely an at-large berth. And if they do win the tournament, it'll be you know they'll be they'll have obviously a good seed at this point for me. I mean, if they do make the tournament. The worst seed you're going to find them in is an 11, right. may, maybe a 12 if they're one of the last four in. I don't know. It's, I don't know who it was, but it's just one of the. It's just one of those things that I always see. It's just like you really haven't watched this team play no. at all. Exactly, and I mean when you do watch this team play, it's just so it's so smooth and it's so quick and it's. I mean, and you talked about putting 100 on BYU. I mean, if Josh Fortune is hitting his threes, I mean, that was probably the only downside of the offense. He's hitting his threes. They put up 100 with ease because he pa- he started passing up looks in the second half that I'm like, man, he would have knocked – I mean, if yeah, he made his – He looked like he was sick maybe. I, I don't know for sure, but, I mean, like, he just wasn't the same aggressive player that he normally is. Dr. Ziskin um, in the yeah. house. Well, I don't know. I just <laughs> – I mean, you just – you he's the guy that you normally rely on as being super aggressive. Whether or not he's making the shots or not, he's going to take those open looks. And he definitely did pass up a few in that half. So it was a little curious to see. I hope he isn't losing confidence because he shouldn't be. He's been playing great all year long. But, yeah, I mean, for me, it's not that we're winning games. It's how we're winning games. Go Looking back at Iowa State, we were overly, like, jealous. Like, wow, like, we played really well. We stayed with that team. Like, looking back on it, we belonged on the court. And, like, they should have won, as Tad, yeah. Bo- Tad Boyle said it here at the Blake Street Tavern tonight. Yeah, I mean, to me, they, I mean, they've proved that they belong on the court, and that's going to continue. I mean, at home – I think we should be favored in every game the rest of the year. Yeah, and we and you and I talked about it last week. I mean, the they they like they're just as good as anyone else in the conference right now. So, the last thing I'll ask you before I ask you to go get me another beer <laughs> is uh, <laughs> is uh, y- you know they Joe Lenardi still has him out mm-hmm. uh, has them out, but they're coming up. I mean, they're starting to get votes. If you were to project kind of where they end up at the end of the season right now, where would you have it? Ooh, that's tough. I mean, I will say, I want to start by saying that Lenardi's not wrong right now, I really don't think. We don't have the wins yet to be in, so I'm not upset. No, I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not upset with that. But I, I feel like fine. Joe Lenardi um, probably hasn't seen as much Buffs basketball as you and I. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think we're a tournament team, but I think our resume, right. I'm not right, 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 right. in right now. Um, man, that's tough. I mean, the Pac-12 is so bunched up, like – there are 10 teams we could lose to, and I wouldn't be shocked or even angry, probably. 
You're gonna, I, you'd be angry. Well, right. But you know what I mean? <laughs> Only in the heat of the moment. Like, looking back on it, it'd be like, okay, you know, that's not a, it's not a terrible loss. So I could see a lot of different scenarios. I mean, I guess I would say, oh, man. Um, let's say, I know I was looking at the adjusted RPI rankings the other day and said that if we had 21 wins before tournament play, we would be a 42 in the RPI. And if that was the case, we'd probably be looking at a 10 or an 11 seed. And I think that's probably a pretty reasonable. That'd be 10 and 8 in the conference, or 11 and 7, depending on how we finish out this year. I think that's probably a pretty reasonable expectation right now. So, some, so somewhere, somewhere outside, we won't be in a playing game, but we probably will be on the bubble and maybe seal it in the last week or two. Finally, I, I got to ask you one last one: what What record wins the Pac-12 this year in conference play? Yep. Oh boy. I mean, because I think it could be pretty low. Yeah, it could be like thirteen and five or twelve and six, maybe even. And that's attainable. For uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it really is. I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, UCLA finally looks like they woke up and decided that they were going to be good, which I, that was kind of my expectation leading in. Um, Arizona has looked honestly better than I thought over the past couple weeks. But yeah, I mean, we get them at home, which is huge for us. We only play UCLA once as well. That's on the road. Um, so the schedule certainly is in our favor there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think 12 and six is certainly attainable. Uh, I do think that that could put us in potentially a race, but with four or five other teams, I think there could be a bunch of teams in there. So it's going to be fun. All right. Well, thank you, Tyler, for joining us. No problem. Uh, we'll let you get back to work. All right. All right. Well, Tyler goes to get us a couple new, uh, mama's little yellow pills. You know, we keep it local Oscar blues. Um, let's get back into Nichols. I know we kind of got Nichols. in. We got into it <laughs> real quickly right there. Nick State. Nick State, dude. How you say that? Uh, we're gonna, I got into it real quickly, and then we saw Tyler, and we had to get him on here while he was on his break. So let me just reiterate what I said earlier about how bad Nichols is. Adjusted offensive efficiency, 322nd in the country. Adjusted defensive efficiency, 311th in the country. Effective field goal percentage. Offense, 342nd in the country. Defense, 344th in the country. I could go on and on and on. The best thing they, they, they rank here is 199th in turnover percentage. So they don't, they don't give it to you. They just hit it off the rim and then give it to you. Yeah, man. I mean, they're a garbage can. They are. That's, it's, it's, it's disrespectful for me to say, and I hate to say it, but they're just not a good basketball team, and that's just, that's just the way it is. So <laughs> what it comes down to now, and we talked a little bit about how this is just so monotonous that these games even have to happen. But from a fan perspective, which is why we have the BSN Buffs fanalists yes, on sir. here, I mean, what can happen? We'll start with Friday, but just over the weekend, what can happen that makes you happy? Um, I mean, you look at it, I think just you go to the games and you just there's never an, even a sliver of doubt. You're like, what's happening? Like, honestly, from the opening tip, it's 11 to 2. They have to take a timeout, and the game's done, honestly, at that point. I think, honestly, if I'm looking at a margin of victory for this game, I mean, obviously, any W is fine, but I'm saying, honestly, I think we should win by 40 points. So 40 points is what you need to see for this to be a successful game? Don't, don't say that now. I can't just <laughs> I mean, it could be – we win by 30. Obviously, I'm fine. But I'm saying, what do I expect right now out of this team with this caliber? I think, honestly, them winning by 40 isn't that big of a uh, No, I mean, we, didn't, we never saw the final score there. But 
I mean, they were getting absolutely waxed by SMU. So I think what you what you should want to see is, you know... I want to see something similar to what SMU is doing, obviously. But, I mean, like I said earlier, too, we don't know how Tad... Excuse me, I had to burp there. We don't know how Tad... Because <laughs> <laughs> they keep bringing us these mamas that'll yell us because Blake Street Tavern is number one. Um... We don't know how Tad's going to use the rotations here. We don't know. I mean, if, if Guzanich is going to be getting some minutes and all that type of stuff, if Brett Brady's going to be coming in and how that would affect the game. Because even if they were in, I still think that they probably would cruise. But so I don't know how it's going to go. But I'm saying if this team's just going out there and playing how to win and like it's any other game, then, yeah, they should win by 40 easy. Let me – did you just say the name Brett Brady? Yes. Let me tell you a little something I, a little, a little birdie told me uh, up at CU today about Brett Brady. Apparently – there's an extra year of eligibility potentially year. on the table for Brett Brady. And when I thought about it, I thought, yeah, obviously, because his first season in Boulder, and Tad talked about it today in his post-practice today. I mean, he had practice gear, you know, he had a practice jersey and stuff, but they could hardly use him on scout team and stuff because he, was, he wasn't good. I mean, he could shoot the ball, and that was literally it. I mean, he couldn't defend, you know, Eli Stalzer. So now, I mean, there's a chance that, that year that didn't really count for anything could be turned into a redshirt year, and why not bring – and Tad Boyle said it today. He, he was, like, kind of caught off guard by the, by the whole thing, but he was like, he was like, yeah, I mean, bring him back. Why not? Yeah. So I, I'm all for it. I say Brett Brady, year number five, uh, Brett Brady 2016. Long live the LBS, man. Long live the LBS. Because this might be a hot take, but I legitimately think Brett Brady deserves minutes. Like – he can defend. He's every t- every game he's been in there. Like he deserves. So whose minutes are you taking? I mean, away? you're not. I mean, an important game. But I'm talking like <laughs> the, you. You want to know what I want to see this weekend? He'll get minutes. This I want to see. I want to see Brett Brady getting like real, 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 real minutes in these games. Like he should come in in like the second or third rotation against Nichols and Hampton. Why not? I, oh, in the second half, I think. No, Brett, I want first half. Probably, <laughs> but I'm saying I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was starting in the second half. Because, uh, it should be it, honestly by halftime against Nichols, we should be up by twenty-five. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, like everyone loves to joke and be like, "Yeah, Brett Brady, whatever." But like, he honestly deserves a lot of credit for what he's done uh, in his career. Going from like, I mean, he was ta- he was about shaft size, and now he's bulked up. He, I told someone tonight, he hasn't missed a shot in the last five practices I went to. I swear to God. He's like 15 for 15 from three. Dude, he put in good minutes earlier this season. He was fine. So I, that's, uh, that's what I think you should want to see this week. You want to see Brad Brady get in there and do his thing because he is an entertaining player to watch. Like, he now One shoot, more year. Yeah, get One yes. more year. <laughs> Whoever's job it is to get that chance started this week, uh, go do it. I mean, C-Unit didn't listen to us last week when we tried to give them good sign ideas, so who knows <laughs> if they'll do that. But – that I mean, so you you want to see a forty point victory? You want to see them? You want to see them get uh, absolutely demolished? I mean, Nickel State would get beat by Fort Lewis. Yeah. So you can't you can't no slip ups, no eighteen to three runs, none of that. I think we could put together a five that could beat Nichols. <laughs> Bro, we can't even beat the like forty eight year old dudes in our rec league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. But that's I'm just trying to give the people how bad they actually are. <laughs> I mean, yeah. They're not good. You got to get that foot fixed before you start talking about being <laughs> Nichols, son. Jesus, man. <laughs> well, now let's get to Hampton. Whew. 
now they're a scary team. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what can you tell me about Hampton? Can uh, you even tell me what their name is? The Hampton Pirates. Okay, that's a, that's step one. Who are they sponsored by? Their jerseys? Yeah. Ooh, I don't know, but I'm going to throw um, Russell? Yes! Yeah. Yes! Give me a conference, guys. <laughs> what? Give me a conference. Oh, the conference. I don't know. I, uh, <coughs> the Atlantic people. Yeah. Oh, the old Miak. Are they? Yep. Oh, they're in the Miak. Romar knows. He's, he's, he's telling us. He, it, <laughs> he's telling us on the. Oh, what? Oh, there's people. Yep, there's people. Hi, people. We have. We're got. Now that we have a dude in the box in Shaft, we can actually like periscope and. Jake Shapiro. And I mean, we are in. We are really in the 21st yeah. century now. Well, what I can tell you about Hampton yeah, is. Keep telling uh, me about the old pirates. Reginald Johnson, man, he takes. <laughs> So he has 132 field goal uh, shots. He's put up 132 shots this year. The next closest person on their team has 50. Or no, 71. So would you say that old Reg piece is a chucker? Oh, he likes to chuck him. He's a chucker. <laughs> he likes to chuck him. And uh, averages 19 points a game. Then they got Quentin Shevious, who uh, he's a transfer from Tennessee. He averages 17 points a game. But honestly, again, they're a garbage can. But they're not – I mean, this they're, is this is one of those teams that's on the same level as a Northern Colorado or maybe even a little better than Northern – I mean, Northern Colorado just beat CSU. So <laughs> it's it's one of those teams you, gotta actu- you actually have to take them seriously. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely way better than Nichols. Like, if Ham- are Hampton and Nichols playing in this? they got to be. I don't think they that play each the, other. Damn, that could be the game could of be tournament. A, could be a barn burner. <laughs> Maybe they like whenever because they're not even invited to Vegas. Like they're like they're like that friend who you're like, yeah, let's go to Vegas, and then you don't tell them when you're actually leaving for Vegas. Yo, like, did you guys buy your tickets? Bought those like a month ago. Oh, you're like, bro, we actually went last weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, dude. Uh, That's him. No, you're telling a story about Vegas, and then like, what? You went to Vegas? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're like, wait, I remember you guys talking about that that week that we hung out. Uh, Did you guys? You said you weren't going to go for a while. You're like, yeah, we ended up going the next week. Uh, we c- there was a real cheap flight on Sunday, and we just we hopped out real quick. I thought I texted you. It was in my drafts. <laughs> oh, dude, I've been having some serious phone issues. <laughs> That's one that you to- you can drop on a girl like when you're uh, – I've been having some phone issues lately. I, sw- I really thought I'd text – I mean, Which I must have dropped that on your my – iPhone. What is this? The f- is that a 4? <sighs> dude, it's a 5S. Um <laughs> I used to drop that on my ex-girlfriend all the time when I was rocking some, like, Samsung garbage. Were you actually having those problems? No, dude. Savage. Yeah, uh, it was – we, I mean, it was – we were on our way out, you know. (laughs) She was becoming, like, a a Hampton and Nichols. I just kind of wanted to go do my own thing and leave leave her behind. Looking for the SMU coming up. Yeah, I was trying to to find that SMU. (laughs) All right, well, I think that's all we got to say about Hampton and Nichols, right? Yeah, that's what we got for you people. All right, man. What was it? 86-42. 86 to 42. So they beat them by 44, which is okay. one more. Wait, d- we said 48? So th- the football score is 48. So, th- I mean, the football score is within reach. So now I need you, I need you to set an <laughs> – we usually do score predictions. I want to know, over or under 48. Because the line – I mean, the line's going to be in the 30s, so you can make some money off this. So if you they, think got, they got to travel. They, we haven't played for a while. I'm going over, baby. You heard it here first. Heard it here first. Bryce says they're going to hang seven team. touchdowns on them. <laughs> Buffs are going to hang seven tuds on Nick State basketball team. Um, 
I think the final score is going to be uh, 98 to 46. 52 points. I'm going to say the buffs put a – I'm going to put and copy and paste 100 emoji into my drafts right now. I'm going to schedule a tweet for when I think the game's going to end, and I'm just going to let it go because they're going to put up a 100 spot. A hundo? Yep. The buffs score 100. Well, I'm going to say 100 to 63. They win by 47. And don't go over. Nichols State highest scoring performance of the year was 63 points against New Mexico. Besides that, they have not reached that many points. So you might want to repeat that to the audience. Jake Shapiro just alerted us that Nichols State highest scoring performance was 63 burger. That's funny. That's, that's against the exact New score Mexico. that I just said. And they do play Hampton on Tuesday. They do. Play, so they're go, Ooh, they're going to hang DVRs, out whenever. Folks. Set your DVRs, folks. Because, Hampton and Nick State are playing. Because they're those they're those friends who are like. Yo, dude, like, Bryce and Ryan went to Vegas without us. You want to hang out after they leave? Like, yeah, dude. So they're going to hang out when everyone's chilling in Vegas. They don't play in Vegas, right? I think they do. They're in the tournament. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. I was on the tournament's website, and they had their logo on there at least. Well, then everything that I just said, we just had an entire conversation about how they're not invited to Vegas. Well, now those friends, hopefully they probably just discovered who they were. They're like, shit, that happened to me. So now – we're going to have to come up with a new analogy. They're those friends <laughs> that when, you, when you're going to Vegas, you're like, yeah, dude, you guys can come, whatever. But, like, you get your room on the opposite side of the hall as them. And then every night you're like, they, they, like, hit you up and you're like, yeah, dude, I think we're going to, like, pregame in a couple hours. We're at the MGM already. Yeah. Oh, dude, where were you? We're at, we're at Hakkasan, yeah. dude. What, what happened? Uh, we tried to hit you up earlier. Uh, the phone service is whack in the, in the hotel. <laughs> the phone service. Bring it back. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was at dude. I was at the table, dude. You can't use your, you can't use your you phone use when your you're phone. at the table, dude. I was dude. feeling it. Yeah, dude, I was on a heater. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Speaking of Vegas, what about it? Got to go this year. <laughs> I mean, you know, me and Tyler are already in there. Yeah, that's true. And I know not to miss out on a Vegas trip if you're there, because good things happen. <laughs> good things do happen, except for that one time we went. And like I was, I got, I was on a pie gower yeah. just the entire time. You were a pie gower, getting pretty touched up with some gin and tonics. I, I remember, I think. I mean, those cocktail waitresses—they love me. Like they, they normally <laughs> they love everybody. No, nah, dude, they love me the most. <laughs> <laughs> That's what every single person at a casino says. They love me the most. Dude, it's it's the same thing as a strip club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the, the I, I swear their normal rotation is every like twenty five minutes. They hit me every ten. Because they just yeah, I'm RK. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, well let's uh let's hit a break real quick and we'll come back and have fun on the other side. I stay smoking on good to me. You get money, they started hating. I woke up in a new Bugatti. I woke up in a new Bugatti. Man, we've been talking about having a commercial during Glenn's time for a while now, and now we got it. So 
I mean, in the production plan, it says do a live read for Blake Street Tavern, but, I mean, I didn't have to write anything because, to be honest, I've been coming to Blake Street Tavern since long, long before they sponsored this podcast. Going all the way back to my freshman year in college when I was down here at CU Denver, uh, I remember all Buffs group saying they were coming down here for a game. Uh, and since that day, I really fell in love with the Blake Street Tavern in terms of my go-to sports bar for anything. I mean, I came down here for the Pac-12 championship game uh, when the Buffs were in the Pac-12 tournament championship in L.A. Uh, and I was in the tailgate room as, you know, hundreds of Buffs fans were singing the fight song while they were celebrating on the court. Um, I was down here for the Broncos Super Bowl, a much, ve- a much different, a much, very much different uh, uh, turnout and a very different attitude in here. Um, I come down here for, multi- for every Buffs game on the road, really, where I can kind of get out and, and get away from work for a second. Because this really is, to me, it's the best sports bar I've been to in Colorado, and it's really not that close. Um, aside from all the beers they have on tap, the food is so good. I mean, we just had a huge plate of the wings. Uh, they have a hot sauce that's actually hot enough for me. I know that blows your mind, Bryce. Uh, they have the nachos, dude. The nachos are out of this world. I mean... They take up an entire table. Uh, the one time I actually brought a girl here, um, and we, want, we were just, like, kind of trying to go for a quick little bite. And I was like, oh, give us – yeah, we'll take a plate of the nachos to, to split. And they were like, uh, the nachos can actually feed up to eight. Maybe you guys want the half order. I mean, the nachos are huge. Uh, the, green chili, the green chili fries, those are a favorite of Will Whalen. They're off the chain. Uh, I just had the uh, French dip the other day for the first time. This place – on top of having hundreds of TVs and the best atmosphere you can find on any game day. It has the best food of any bar I've been to out here. So I don't, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't endorse something to you guys that I don't believe in unless they were paying me like a whole bunch more money. But I actually really do love the Blake Street Tavern. uh, And so it was really easy for me to do an advertisement for them. And and really anytime there's a a big game, I try and get my friends down here because it's the best place there is. So welcome back in. We are going to get to the fun stuff. It's the BSN Buffs podcast brought to you by Blake Street Tavern. Uh, and if you know anything about me and Bryce, we, we've said a lot of, if you know anything about us, you know we love this. Well, you know you, we love OB. You know we love Hard Knocks. Uh, what else do we love? <laughs> wings. We, you know we love wings. Uh, and here's a new one for you. We love Katie Nolan. Mm. Uh, I mean, she is so funny. Uh, and she has great, I mean, I love her show. And we're going to just straight up blatantly steal a segment from her because it was so funny. So uh, we're going to get Shat back in here, and we're going to do uh, a version of her, her segment called You Autocomplete Me, where you type it something into Google, uh, and then you have to guess what Google autocompletes to it. So let's get Shat in here and, and give some guesses at a few of these. The first one we're going uh, with... Buffs themed because it is a Buffs podcast, and we play the Buffs do Nickel State this weekend. Okay. Nick so the, f- the first question is for Bryce, or and then Ryan will answer too. What is Nickel State? Uh, location. What is Nickel State's location? <laughs> <laughs> what is Nickel's? What is Nickel State? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the end. That's the end. What is Nickel State? No. Uh, what is... What? 
mascot. What is Nickel State's mascot? So you guys were both kind of right on this one. The first answer is, and this is by far the best one, what is Nickel State University known for? Oh, what are they known for? I don't know. Maybe well, I should ask. Press the Google. <laughs> the other ones are, what is Nickel State's university's address? So that's kind of the location. Oh. Third one is, what is University Nickel State's mascot? Third one is, how much does tuition cost? What is University Nickel State known for? Well, it's a publicly... It's a, it was founded in 1948. It's a publicly, it's a publicly funded university located in Thibodeau, Louisiana, um, and it's yeah, that's that's all I can really find. Throwback. Do you guys remember the video of Adam quizzing me on Nickel State and me hitting all the answers for free for free Chipotle? Because that was dope. That was that was pretty cool. Uh, second one, and I'll throw this to Ryan first, and then Bryce. Why are the Colorado Buffaloes? This one's got to be easy. I mean, it's got to be, why are the Colorado Buffaloes so bad at football? <laughs> That's it. I'm getting a thumbs up from Jake. <laughs> I guess I'll have to, I was going to say breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, give a real guess for what's second. Um, why are the Colorado Buffaloes... <laughs> I can't believe it was that easy. <laughs> That's all that comes to my head now that I know this right. Why are the Colorado Buffaloes... In the Pac-12. Oh, that's that's not bad. The answers for why are the Colorado Buffaloes was the first one was why are the Colorado Buffaloes so bad. The second answer was why are the Colorado Buffaloes really bad. <laughs> God damn. Um, th third one, and this is for Bryce first, then Ryan. How blank, Tad Boyle. How old is? That was my guess. How old? I'm going to say, how old is Tad Boyle's son? Our answers for this one was, how much does Tad Boyle make in a year? How much? Does, okay. Second one, how tall is Tad Boyle? Okay. Okay, so some good ones there. And then we're going uh, away from Colorado a little bit here. But for our, for our new fr friends and followers that we've grown accustomed to, all three of us love this guy, DJ Khaled. We've all grown if obsessed with him. I said, this on, I said this on Twitter today. If you don't follow DJ Khaled's Snapchats, like, you're not going to understand anything I say for like the next year and a half because every, all of my jokes, all of my references now come from DJ Khaled. Lion! Lion! Uh, so the first, this is the, the question. What is DJ Khaled? Okay, so I actually Googled this last night. Uh, so I already know. For me, it was what is DJ Khaled's Snapchat? That's number one. Okay, so I that's unfair. So you cheated. Yeah, I, che oh, I didn't cheat. Jake made the thing. So you were just bored and were like, oh, what is DJ Khaled? Well, what, I needed what were you to trying to find out? His Snapchat? I needed to find his Snapchat. What did you think I needed to know? <coughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, well, what's your guess for what's second? What is DJ Khaled's? <laughs> what is DJ Khaled's highest rated song? What is what is DJ Khaled doing on a jet ski? <laughs> that, that was not right, but it was a great answer. The answers are as follows: the top five. What is DJ Khaled's Snapchat? What is DJ Khaled? 
That was that. <laughs> what is DJ Khaled's net worth? What is DJ Khaled famous for? Network. What is DJ Khaled's job? <laughs> Motivational. What his job is up for question now because, like, he's, I mean, he, he's, he was in the studio last night, I know that for a fact, but he's not really a rapper anymore. Like, he's a motivational speaker. speaker. Yeah. By the way, we're talking about beatdowns earlier. <laughs> Arizona just threw a 92 on top of NAU's 37. So now the goal for the Buffs is to beat that. You got to do better than 92-37. Not you. I already said they're going to score 100, so it's got to be 100 to 36. All right, Jake, finish the topic. I've got one more, and this one's RK specific because of his beard, as many of the BSM Buffs followers know. Uh, it, it's it's good looking right now. So the the Google is does a beard. Does a beard. Oh, I know the answer. <laughs> you looked this one up last night too. <laughs> I looked this one up before I started growing the beard. I'm trying to think of what we... Does a beard cause dry skin? Oh. Not on there, mm. says Jake. I'm going to say, does a beard help you get chicks? <laughs> there, w there was an answer on there, does a beard make you hotter? So, kind of. Uh, other than that, the first one was, does a beard make you look older? Does a beard stop growing? Does a beard make you look hotter? Does a beard ever stop growing? Does a beard keep you warmer? <laughs> I can tell you. Read him again. Read him again. Does a, does a beard make you look older? Does a, does beard, a beard make you look growing? older? Yes. Does a beard stop growing? No. Does Does a beard make you look hotter? Yes. Does a beard ever stop growing? No. <laughs> does a beard keep you warmer? Yes, definite. Yes. That's the been the that's been the best part of this whole beard experience for me. Is Dude, I feel like you're acting like the answers you just gave were so groundbreaking. Those are obvious answers to every one of those. Really? It does make you hotter? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you just said. Well, I guess that one I wasn't really thinking about, but all the other ones are pretty obvious. Like, obviously, it's going to make you warmer. Obviously, I mean, it doesn't I don't stop know how, growing. I didn't know how seriously warmer it really makes you. Like, my face normally gets pretty cold in the winter. And, like, I was walking from my car to the game the other day, and I was like, damn, man, I am warm. Like, it really... Is a face well, yeah, you have like a good inch on your face right now. It's it's amazing, dude. It's amazing. Um, Kelly just brought us in some of these cookie dough bites. This is one of those things that I have not tried at Blake Street Tavern yet, so I'm going to have to get a little bit right here. Here, I'll give you a play-by-play. Bite taken. Mm, seems like he doesn't know yet. Oh, head not popping oh, the head. Oh, my God. It's like, it's like, it's like a cookie but with a funnel cake around it. <laughs> and it's like still hot, wow. That's, that's the realness right there. All right, did you have something to say, Jake? Do I no, I just, I thought you, you looked like oh, you were no, about to I say something. I was saying the cookie dough bites were good too. Yeah, <laughs> Jake wants you to know that he also likes the cookie dough bites. Okay, it's now that time that we always get into in this type of the time of the show. And since we're at that stage where basketball teams, there's not enough players for us to do a great all-name draft. We're going to combine Nichols and Hampton into one. I'm sorry that we're not doing just random hot – we're not just talking about hot chicks. I know you guys get really happy and excited over that. But you're going to have to go back to the all-name teams because we're traditionalists here at the BSN Buffs Podcast. Um, and since Bryce has kind of been away for a while, I am going to give him the first pick. Oh, dude, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, I think with the first pick here, 
Um, it's pretty. It's pretty easy for me. You're gonna have to go with Jadante Fry. You're gonna have to tell me where he's from. Oh. What team he plays for? Nickel State, number 14. Jadante Fry is from uh, Thibodeau, Louisiana. He's just down the road from Nick State, actually. And um, he's also a chucker. Yeah, he is. I believe he's their leading scorer. Yeah, and he's like, as uh, Goose told us earlier, he's their ski. Like, he just chucks all the time, and it's really not all that efficient at all. So, Jadante Fry, great pick. Um, for me, I'm going to have to go with who I'm guessing, and we know how bad of an idea it is when I guess things about players. But I'm going to guess this is the only white guy on Nickel State's roster. And so I'm going to take Stevie Repachowski. Stevie Repachowski, the only white guy on Nickel State. Let me just, I'm going to click just to see if I was right or wrong. Yes, he's white. I won. Nice, dude. So are you, do you go again? Right? No, we don't do that snake draft garbage here. Okay, I thought you got on me about the whole snake draft thing. Yeah, I did. And then I decided that it was stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... I will be taking Quentin Chivius. Quentin Chivius from Hampton. Uh, he's from Chicago, Illinois. Oh, Notre Dame prep, right? Yeah, yeah. How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of Notre Dame prep. Uh, all right. With my second pick, I'm going to take... Where'd he go? Shane Rilou. That's what I'm going to guess. Rilou? Rilou? How do they pronounce Where's that weird thing for? in the South? Where it's E U X. Oh, he's he's hello. a Nickel State uh, redshirt senior. Shane hello. Shane spelled S C H A N E R I L L I E U X. Rilio. Shane Rilio. I think so. I think that's how you do it. Shane Rilio. We have no idea. We have no idea. <laughs> we don't get it. I mean, they don't give us how you say that anymore because like. Football team has has a week to send their notes over and all that sort of thing. This all happens so fast that, you know, I don't even know if Nickel State knows how to pronounce his name. <laughs> um, all right, honestly, there aren't that many good ones over here anymore. But if I had to go with someone, I guess I'll you go do. with uh. You do have to go with someone. Luca Camber. Luca Camber. He's probably white too. He's from Germany. Uh, oh, but I already said there's only one white person. No, man, they got a couple. Damn, I was wrong. I there's was another wrong. guy from Australia as well. All right. Well, that leaves me with the garbage on the end here. Um, and I'm just going to pick this guy. We already talked about him earlier, actually. But this is, like, maybe the best. And he's not even on Nickel State, so he should be, though, because this is, like, the best Southern name ever. And he's actually from Chicago, so it doesn't matter, but... Reginald Johnson Jr. I mean, rolls off the tongue. It's just Reggie J. You know, Reggie J. J. R. Reginald Johnson Jr. They probably call him Junior. They probably call him Reggie J. <laughs> Ask him that in the post game. You get to uh, interview them. <laughs> a little, uh, a little exclusive with Reggie J. Reggie, how does it feel to lose by 50 tonight? It's been a tough season. Tough season. Tough season. All right. Well. That does it here for the all-name draft. We'll put out the poll. You guys can vote. That was like the groundbreaker. The when poll? We, and that's a Schaff idea. He's, he's full of good ones. Mm. But when he put out the poll idea, that's when people started voting. I mean, we got, some, we got upwards of like 60 votes on the all-Cougar draft last Damn. week. Damn. And I obviously just swept You did win away. that one. I voted, actually, I voted for you on that one. Thanks, Bob. I yeah. just 
the fact, I honestly wasn't even that happy that I won. I was more <laughs> upset that 16% of people voted for Shap. Because the roster he put out there, like, I could walk into Costco tomorrow and put together a better roster than what Jake put on the Yeah, Shaps was – I remember I was listening to it and I was like, uh, you, you take Drew Barrymore with your first pick, right? Yeah. Damn, <laughs> dude. You know what? In, in, redact- in redaction, I would have totally taken Carrie Brownstein with my first pick. See, dude, people are throwing out these chicks that I don't even know. Yeah, man. I mean, it's – Lead singer is Slater Kenny. Never heard of that band either. Yeah, okay. One time I I watched one episode of Portlandia at Shap's house, and it was really funny. Uh, So uh, that's that. Um, Bryce, you got something to say? I've got something to say! I have something to say! I got something to say! Yo, Trey, what up? I got something to say. (laughs) Well, uh, there's a time in every man's life where you you have to admit when you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I did so last week. Exactly, and um, my time has come to face the music and and talk about how incredibly wrong I was about this basketball team that we have up here in Boulder, Colorado. Um, I think I had the Buffs going at going at sixteen and fifteen. I think I said round five hundred was where I expected them. Maybe a couple games north, I'd be happy. Um, and definitely, I think the expectation out of that from that now looking at that now is that's definitely not going to happen and we're going to be well north of of 500 i changed a lot i was a fool i think but i was cautiously i took the i took the low road i I really didn't want to get my hopes which is rare for you exactly um i think that's the reason why i did it for basketball was my heart can only take so much so much stomping with football that with basketball is like you know what like I'm gonna I'm gonna set my expectations low. Um, I have no idea about any of these players, and if they're most of the time when I don't know about any players, I think they're gonna be great, and most of the time they don't pan out. So I just figured that would follow suit this season with the basketball team. But shit, I was wrong. I mean, you look at George King. Obviously, I mean this is stuff that's already been said. But I mean, you look at George King. You look at Akizili, Josh Fortune. Um, just the shooters that this team has that I had, did not think we had. Um, it really shows. It really shows what Tad Boyle has been able to kind of build, and then the the work that these kids put in behind the scenes, and it, it really shuts everyone up because last season was an absolute disaster. And it's fun because after this, I don't think I'm going to ever talk about last season again. But with my something to say, I had to bring up that I really did not have high expectations for this team. I really did not think they were going to make the tournament. I thought the NIT berth would be. Uh, it would be a win, but I didn't even expect that, to be honest. And now I expect them to make the tournament. And as this was saying earlier, they, they could be a 10 seed, and I love that matchup, us being a 10 against another team. I think that's a great matchup for us. And face the music, I was wrong, and it's time to move on and enjoy the rest of the season. Yeah, I think it's just crazy because <clears throat> I was talking to Brian Howell today, who is the eternal optimist, and he – he was, you know, he was the one saying that Dom Collar is going to have a great year and George King is going to be averaging double digits and all, and all that thing. And I, I honestly thought he was crazy. Um, but it's really crazy to think that, like, every single player has surpassed our expectations. Like, individually. Like, the team Completely. has surpassed the team has surpassed our expectations. But every single player individually. Even Josh. Even Josh. Like, I, I know, I, we know how good Josh is. Yeah. But, like, I didn't know, I didn't know he was going to be, like, this good night in, night out when you take out that Iowa State game. Yeah, and I mean, looking at it, 
you, I am always an optimist a lot with all these things, and I guarantee you once signing day comes around and we do kind of a football wrap-up slash preview, that optimism will be right back. Um, I don't want to bring football into this, but, I mean, it, it really is crazy how your mindset changes after. I mean, we didn't know. We re- Honestly, we really didn't know. And that Bo said the same thing at that round table. Everyone was – I mean, Goose was really the one who was very, very optimistic. Bo was as well, but we you didn't know. And it's so crazy, I guess, when you look at it in – kind of the whole sports world when your expectations are better than what you expect because I don't think that happens a lot of the time like that's a very rare thing and, and honestly it's a good it, it's much better oh I mean winning uh, it is and winning's fun winning it, I mean, winning we've won eight straight games it's like damn the last time we lost was back in the Iowa State game and that feels like so long ago to you like that was the USC game for football like that was so long ago and we haven't lost since then <clears throat> that is crazy well I also have something to say and it's also about winning. And I, I just have to say, like, I know I started off the, t- the start of the broadcast with this, but, man, I'm just so proud of kind of what we've built here at BSN Buffs and, and more broadly at BSN Denver. But mostly, you know, I'm just I'm so thankful for the fans out there who have kind of latched on to us and started to read um, what we do at BSN Denver. Uh, in case you missed it, um, both Shap and I, we're able to come home with awards from the BSN Denver holiday party. Because we the best. You the best. <laughs> I'm the best. The cameraman right here is the best. She's the best. We the best. And, then, and if, if you don't want to be part of the best, then you ain't the best. And we the best. And mine really 100% goes to the fans. Uh, I got the silver slugger for most clicks per story. Uh, and, and it meant a lot to me because I, and I, I shared this with friends on Facebook and stuff, but I didn't share this with people on Twitter. Uh, when I was hired... I was told, don't worry, don't worry about traffic on the buff site. We know the football team's terrible. We know it's going to take a long time before they're good again and before uh, we start getting a lot of traffic on there. So just, you know, grind it out, do what you can. Um, we know there's not going to get much traffic. Well, fast forward seven months, we're getting the award for most clicks per page. Um, and all of that really does go to the fans because, that, I mean, th- this was done covering a 4-9 and nine football team, and it just shows – and it really shows why I love college football, because no matter what, there's always going to be that passion there. There's always going to be the people there that want to know about every single thing. You know, they want to they click the story about the recruits. They want to read, uh, read the story about, you know, the midweek story about how Nelson Spruce feels like the offense is sputtering. Whatever it is, college football fans are so passionate, and it's what makes my job so fun. And, and then, of course, there's the fun stuff that they click on, you know, like, the Adele post, and there's there's Jim Levin in the creek, and it's just one of those things where I always talk about it, and I say I have all these stupid ideas, and sometimes they turn out to be cool. So I'm really thankful for that, but more than anything, I'm I'm proud of my dude here to the left, the man in the box tonight in Shap, who won the Heisman Trophy for Contributor of the Year. Basically, you know, not an editor, not the publisher, uh, someone who's working on underneath um, the the top guys, and. To, for Shaft to win that meant a lot to me because I've seen the work that he puts in. I mean, this kid, I can ask him to do anything, and he's there uh, in a flash to be able to do that. You know, he's got a final tomorrow, and he's, he's here tonight helping us out. And I always tell him the school comes first, but he's always willing to make both things happen. Uh, and it's awesome for me because I know how much he does, but when I see uh, our CEO, Brandon Spano, kind of getting up there, uh, and getting uh, like nearly emotional about how hard Shaft works and how he's literally always there to help us with anything. And I mean, he honestly knows more about this technology stuff than any of us. So 
uh, more than anything, I'm just I'm proud of Shap for winning that award, and I'm proud of BSN Buffs for cleaning up on the night. Yeah, man, I think um, I think you said you touched on everything pretty pretty nicely there with BSN. I remember when you first came to me and you said that uh, that you were you got a job offer and you were pretty you didn't really know what to think of it yet, but um, we talked about it and I think you made a really good decision. And I mean, I know how hard you work and I know how hard Shap works. I mean, most of the time, every time I'm talking to you, you're working. You're always working late when I see what you're doing. After these games, you put in the effort. Both of you put in so much effort um, into the content you're producing. And I can tell you, I mean, me personally, and it's not just for you that I click on all the BSN stuff. I mean, I actually do think that your content for the state, its coverage of the sports teams is, is right up there. And it's way more personable, I think, than a lot of the other outlets. Um, and a lot more real. And it's creative, especially if with you and Shap. Um, I mean, I just think you guys are doing a great job. I don't think a lot of people realize how much work you put into it. Um, and I mean, the product shows, I mean, you're both of your awards show and I mean, I try to make it as much as I can. It's, it's I'm pumped to work with you guys every once in a while. Um, but I mean, you guys really are all the all stars of, of BSN right now to me. Um, I mean, I do love the bus content the most, so that's obviously why you two kind of stick out to me. But I mean, BSN in general has grown a lot and as working in a startup media company myself, I mean, it's amazing how, how much bigger you guys have gotten and how much traction you've gotten in such a sports town that is so picky about their sports and so picky about about what's being said about their sports teams. I mean, let's be honest here. Denver fans aren't the most uh, easy fans to deal with. So, um, I mean, yeah, you guys are doing a great job, so just keep it up. And, I mean, as Kala, DJ Khaled says, bless up. Bless up. Bless up, man. Man, that means a lot. Thank you so much. And, and that gives me actually a chance to thank you because, like you said, you do – I mean, Bryce has been – in this this business uh, longer than I have in, in terms of the online media. And Bryce is always there to be able to kind of give me an idea. Or I always ask, you know, should I do this, this, or this? Uh, and I love to be able to have Bryce there to help me out. And honestly, uh, CU fans have kind of fallen in love with Bryce on this podcast because he is the, the voice of the fans. And so it means a lot for him. I mean, he, he deserves credit, too, for what we've built here. So everyone, from everyone at BSN Buffs, thank you guys. <laughs> For listening to the show, thank you for clicking. Thank you for everything. The tire uh, pumping session is now over. The tire pumping session is now over. Uh, but really, you got to get out to Blake Street Tavern. Uh, it's the best place around here. It, it it's got the best food. It's got the best sports. It's got everything. Uh, so get down here and once again, thank you for listening. DJ I'm getting so cold. I ain't wait this hard since I was 18. Apologize if I say anything I don't mean. Like, what's up with your best friend? We could all have some fun, believe me. And what's up with these moves? And why they think it all comes so easy? Forget it while you here, boy. Cause all that hype don't feel the same next year, boy. Yeah. And I'll be right here in my spot with a little more cash than I already got. Tripping off you cause you had your shot. With my skin tan and my hair long. With my fans who've been so patient. Me and 40 back to work, but we still smell like a vacation. Hate your rumors, hate, hate these allegations. I'm just feeling like the throne is for the taking. Watch me take All it. I care about is money in the city that I'm from. I'ma until I feel it. I'ma until it's done. I don't really give and my excuse is that I'm young And I'm only getting older Somebody should have told you I'm on one, yeah I'm on one, yeah I said I'm on one I'm on one
said I got that could be, could be, depending on how you mix it. Money to be got, I'ma get that Cause I'm on I see that I'm on I'm flowers, it's burning my chest I bury the most cash and burning the rest Walking on the clouds, suspended in thin air The ones beneath me recognize the red bottoms I wear In the belt, move the kids to the heels Shorty on the sink, do it for the thrill Kiss you on your neck and tell you everything is great Even though I'm